Welcome to the Kidmen Huddle, part of the Kids Matter Podcast Network. Gather round, Kidmen leaders, and be encouraged and equipped as you build the kingdom. Now here's your host, Amber Pike. Welcome back to the Kidmen Huddle, my friends. It is mid-December, just over a week until Christmas, and I'm ready for it. Presents are bought and wrapped. Cards have already been mailed. We wrapped up our homeschooling year last week, so now I just get to bake things with my mom and watch Christmas movies and just kind of enjoy. I've planned some extra crafts and fun stuff for the kids, but we just get to chill for the rest of the year. I'm not under any crazy deadlines like I normally am. The end of December at church is really slow. We only have Sunday services left, plus the Christmas Eve service, but I just have to show up for that. And Sunday lessons are prepped and ready. Events are done. The next issue of Kids Matter Magazine is still a ways off. I have six more months until my next book is due. I'm kind of loving this time of year. I get to rest and refocus, and I'm doing my favorite thing. I get to plan. Man, I'm a planner. I love lists and post-it notes. I actually joked with my brother today. I'm so easy to shop for. You could just buy me pens and post-it notes and I would be thrilled for Christmas. I am that kind of person that has pages and pages of notes and lists. I have lists of my list. A sweet friend told me this week that I'm one of the most organized people she knows. I wish, but I really, I do love planning. I even plan like those at-home days where you just have a bunch of mundane tasks like laundry and dishes. I plan those days. Everything plans. But ministry plans this year, well, let's just say I never bothered to make that regular color-coded schedule of events for the new church year that I normally make. I didn't even bother. Lots of events and activities did not get planned this year. What few things were already planned kind of didn't happen. But services, services were still happening, and they were being planned whether you were planning online or in person. Now, our church situation, we've been really blessed. We shut down in March like everybody else, and we were shut down until early June, but we've stayed open since then. So most of my lesson planning has been for in-person lessons. I've added some digital components as well. If you listen to last week's podcast, which if you haven't, make sure you go listen to it. I talked about doing a in-person event while I'm doing it online as well. So I've done some digital things. That's really, it's worth a listen if you are like me and kind of new to the whole digital event. I learned some things that, that might benefit you. Learn from my mistakes, shall we say. Now, I like lesson writing. I like planning lessons. I'm working on writing book number two of lessons with Rose Publishing. And I have been either tweaking or writing my own lessons for well over a decade. And there are some key lesson components, whether you are doing it in person or online, that really need to be included for not just a successful lesson, but a successful ministry. And I want to talk about these four things today. The first one, Use your Bibles, whether you are digital or in person. It amazes me and honestly kind of saddens me how many curriculum companies do not have teachers or kids reading from the actual Bible. So many times it's just a summary, but kids need to be in their Bibles. They need more than just to hear the Bible story being summarized by a leader. 
they need to at least see the leader holding the Bible in their hand and hearing them read the Word of God. But I encourage you to take it a step further. Have kids look up the scripture during the lesson, whether you are online or in person. When we have one of those kind of different lessons when the kids aren't in their Bibles, I have kids start asking, when are we going to use our Bibles? I have kids, especially my own son, who volunteer to read every single time we look up a passage. Kids need to be in the Bible. Having them look up passages in their Bible, it's a great way to engage kids in the lesson. It's practicing good Bible literacy skills, but honestly, it's just a really good engaging activity as well, even for preschoolers. Now, we encourage kids to bring their own Bibles, but we have a classroom set as well. I noticed um, a couple years back that our kids weren't bringing their Bibles, so I created a little punch card. Actually, I think I found one on Pinterest. And every 10 times they bring their Bible, they get a full-size candy bar. It was just a simple way to get them bringing their Bibles. And now most of my kids bring their Bibles, not so much the preschoolers. They never remember to bring their Bibles. So we have a classroom set as well. I have honestly bought most of them used either at Half Price Books or Goodwill because Bibles are pricey. But each lesson, I'll usually have kids look up one or two passages. That's kind of the max. I found any more than that. It overwhelms the little ones and those who are, you know, the struggling or emerging readers. So one to two Bible passages, that's pretty much it. Now, you're going to have kids who rock it, and then you're going to have some who don't know how to use their Bibles, or they don't know how to read yet. So I've got volunteers or teens, and I use my older kids to help others find passages. Whenever I tell kids to turn to something, I use it as a great time to instruct kids who might not know how to look up something. Not everyone has a mom or dad that's going to teach them how to use the Bible. So this is a great time to show them how. Go over the Testaments and the books in the Bible. Quiz them, is John in the Old Testament or New Testament? And then I talk about how we find that particular passage. So say we're looking up John 1.1. We go over where John is, and then I remind them that the chapter number is the big number in their Bibles, and the verse number is the little number in their Bibles. Don't take it for granted that every kid knows how to look up something. Show them how to use their Bibles. And I'm telling you, this is a really good way to get kids engaged in the lesson. It's active, so there's something they're doing. Um, For us, if they have to walk to the back of the classroom and grab a Bible, it's a little break for their bodies. It's a win. Now, digitally, during our digital VBS, I wanted kids in their Bible as well. So I added a little silly 30-second little video thing that said, go get your Bible, and gave them the time to go get their Bible. Now, I have no way of knowing if all the kids actually did that, other than my son, because Grammy told me he did. But when you're intentionally challenging kids to follow along in their Bibles, give them the time to do so because they might have to grab it from the other room. And chances are they're going to do it. So no matter what, get your kids in the Bible every single lesson. Give them the time to do that. It's going to take some extra time, both in person or digitally, but the reward is worth it. Number two, when doing your lessons, give 
the gospel, whether you're digital or in person. Now, I'm sure I am not alone in worrying for the spiritual welfare of my kids during this COVID pandemic. Not all of my kids are saved. Not all of my kids come from a Christian home. Give the gospel. Eternity is a really big deal. Every lesson you teach, you need to be given the gospel. Say it in different ways, using different techniques over and over again. Because you never know what's going on in the heart of a child or when they're ready to make a profession of faith. Now, if you're still doing only digital right now, realize God is still working in the lives and the hearts of his kids. When I was feeling the most discouraged and ineffective during the shutdown, one of my girls called me to tell me she accepted Christ. With or without me, God was still working in their hearts. Now, thankfully, this girl's parents were more than comfortable and confident and capable of walking her through this. But if you have parents that are not confident, they don't know how to tell their child about Christ, how to lead them to Christ, you might want to provide some training or some resources to those parents. And if you don't have parents that will actively be presenting the gospel on their own during their family worship time, are you sending home resources that start this conversation? As a mom, I was recently convicted that I'm not giving the gospel to my toddler enough. She is three. Um, And because, you know, nursery babies, they kind of put everything into their mouths. We have made the choice not to return her to church yet. That poor little thing does not get to leave the house hardly ever. But I realize that I need to be more intentional with her, even though she's just three. I need to be giving her the gospel, telling her about our sin, her sin, about the God who loves her. Because you never know when God is moving and working in a child's life. Give the gospel. Teach parents how to give the gospel, how to lead their child. Number three, when planning your lessons, make it fun and engaging, whether you're in person or online. So by now, if you've been serving in the ministry for any length of time, you probably have fun down pat when you're in person. Honestly, candy goes a really long way for that. The youth always try to steal all of my candy. They have like a candy addiction right now. I look in there on Sunday and they're just sitting with a bag of Tootsie Rolls, just shoveling them in. But digital fun, you can't really give them candy online. Digital fun can be a bit harder. Some things that would be the biggest hit in the world in person fall flat online. And right now with school being the NTI, the non-traditional instruction, so many kids are online right now. And they're getting kind of tired of it. In my county, all the schools are virtual. And when I ask my kids about their virtual classes, honestly, I'm a little saddened by how not fun teachers are making it. Now, I'm not knocking teachers because I know right now they have a super hard job. But kids need fun. They learn from fun. They learn from play. And they kind of want to learn more when something is fun. So when you're planning your lessons... Do you use games? Now, some people add games in for the sake of games. They play dodgeball just because kids love dodgeball. I don't love those. I want the games to have a point, to be intentionally drawing kids into the word and tying it to the lesson. 
games can be used to teach the lesson. As you're introducing the lesson, maybe you want to do a true-false game to kind of draw kids in. If you're talking about Paul, maybe you'll make up a series of questions to review what you've already taught about Paul, but make it into a game instead of just reminding them of who he is in the biblical narrative. Play a game to illustrate a point or a theme. During a series on one body, many parts, I had kids compete eating a cup of pudding, but they couldn't use their hands. I had all of their attention. One, they got pudding. But two, it was fun. Games and play are fun. They're important for kids, but they're also very useful and important. Now, I'm sure you have a ton of games that you can play in a classroom. I think there are about 80 million versions of of tag, and you can kind of tie them into whatever you're learning somehow. You might even have a nice stash of COVID-friendly, not touching, not contaminating anything games. But digital games are important, too. There are tons of things that you can do online. If you are looking for stuff, kidsmatter.com has tons of digital games. And I also really love Download Youth Ministry. It's a digital site similar to Kids Matter, but it's for youth. So you kind of have to be careful with what you're choosing because some stuff is just over the kids' heads. But they have a great app called Sidekick. And it's customizable. It's so many options. Seriously, go check it out. I have used download youth ministry for years they've got some quality stuff get creative with the games that you use kids still need games even if the kids are on the other end of your computer screen and when you're planning your lesson think about getting the kids moving i like active games getting kids up and moving it can help refocus a kid's attention and energy You can do this where kids are throwing something or they're running. Maybe you need to add in some wiggle or some dance breaks. I do that a lot of times. I even did that in our digital VBS. I added in some wiggle time. Kids have a hard time sitting for 20, 30 minutes straight without wiggling. Uh, Instead of just asking kids to respond to a question, sometimes I'll have them stand up if they think the answer is this or to put their hands on the head if they think it's that. That works online too. Kids need to move. It helps to refocus them. And you have a better class time, both digitally and in person, if kids get that blood pumping and get refocused. Now, I don't know if it's just my church or not, but I feel like the energy is different in our classroom since COVID. And maybe it's just because I'm sad I can't give them hugs. But I've found that it's really important to add in some extra get up out of your seat time. It's drawing them into the lesson. It's refocusing them. And those days when my kids are extra talkative, because listen, they miss their friends. They want just some talk time. Sometimes I just have them stand up and shake the wiggles out. And believe it or not, that helps. Kids need to move. And kids need to be taught with different learning styles and senses involved. Now in a classroom, it's much easier to teach with different learning styles. You can give them something that they can touch or taste, at least in a pre-COVID world you could. But that doesn't translate so well digitally, but it's still really important. So think through what are ways, in person or digitally, you can involve different learning styles. Instead of just speaking the lesson, Can you add some key text up on the screen for those visual learners? 
Is there something visual other than just you standing there that kids can see? Pictures, skits, a character video, a puppet. Are you creating some times that kids can discuss things with their peers? That's important for some kids. They need that thought process, but with others. Zoom, I know, can do rooms for small groups like breakout rooms. But maybe if you're doing families, you can give a three-minute break for families to discuss something and then bring them back together on the screen. Are you having kids do something during the lesson? Write something, draw a picture, complete a challenge or a task. Maybe you give them one minute to illustrate the story and then have them hold their pictures up. This would work in a classroom and on screen, and it's engaging them in the lesson. They're an active participant. If you are like super on top of things, maybe you've planned your lessons to where you can send home supplies in advance for kids to do, to maybe they can do their own object lesson or a craft, or you've sent home a snack that goes with the day's lessons. Lessons should be fun and engaging to kids. So what can you do? What extra steps can you take to draw kids into God's story? This one has been one that I've had some reevaluating during COVID. Lessons aren't the same as they were before. I don't know what it is. So for me, I found I need more active things for the kids. My preschoolers are struggling. My big kids are not focusing. What have you noticed with your lessons, either digitally or in person? Right now, stop the podcast, push pause, get out some paper and a pen and write down some things. What can you do to engage kids in your lessons? And number four, whether you're in person or online, you got to love on your kids. My number one goal in ministry is that every child that comes through the doors of my church will feel loved. They're going to feel loved by us and by an extension, they're going to feel the love of Christ. To accomplish this, I'm intentional with taking the time to get to know my kids. I ask about their lives. I listen to their stories. I know what they're into. I know who their friends are. I know what they did on the weekends. My face lights up when I see them. I connect with them when they aren't at church. I attend events in their lives. I send them mail. I make it a point to be a part of their lives. Now, Think for a minute about how kids' lives have been turned upside down this last year. They don't get hugs anymore. They barely get to see their friends. Their teacher is on a screen. Sports, clubs, library groups, they're closed. They have lost out on so many things and so many actions. Loving on kids right now in 2020 as we move into 2021 is so important. My son, as I've mentioned before, he's homeschooled. So the only other kid that he interacts with on a daily basis is his three-year-old sister. Now, Reed has struggled interacting with kids in the past because he's not really been around kids. And for six years of his life, he was an only child. He had no other kids at school. And for a while, there weren't even kids his age at our church. He was kind of always in between age groups. But the last couple years, he's finally started making friends at church We were active at our library. We were there two to three times a week with other teachers that aren't his mommy and other kids. He had Taekwondo a couple times a week and he had piano class. Then COVID shut down the world. My kids went for about three months without seeing another child. 
their world shrunk down to our little family of four and their grandparents three doors down. Kids need some loving right now. They need to know that you are still there, that you're still part of their life, even if you aren't seeing them in the church house. So how can you do this? You can send them a card or a package in the mail. Kids love postcards and mail. Mail makes me happy. Of course, it's going to make a kid happy. Maybe you're going to drive by some goodies and drop them off at their house. They don't even have to see you for that to make an impact in their life. I have a single mom that doesn't have a car. And I sent, I dropped off the fall faith kit that I made to their house and tossed in some extra resources. And I added in like tons of candy and snack cakes and stuff for the boys. This meant the world to them. I got a picture that night, how ecstatic they were. Wow, Miss Amber knows. I have been buying Fun Dip for one of my boys who is just crazy about Fun Dip. So in their Christmas gifts, I made sure there was Fun Dips because I know he's been wanting some. Schedule some time to talk to your kids. One of my little girls who's not back in church, she emails me and FaceTimes me about once a week. She FaceTimed me on her birthday, sleeping over at her friend's house because she wanted to talk to Miss Amber because I'm part of her life. Connect with mom and dad or grandma and grandpa. See how they're doing. See if you can pray for them. Stay connected with your kids and your families. Love on them, even if it's from a COVID safe distance. Because when kids feel known and loved by you, they're more willing to hear what you have to say And they're more willing to stay involved in church. God can use the love you are showing those kids to make an eternal difference in their lives. So as you're wrapping up this crazy different year in 2020, and you're beginning to think towards planning next year, I encourage you to be intentional with your planning. The goal is to see kids enter into an authentic, lifelong relationship with Christ. And as a Kidman leader, you need to be doing your part to work towards that goal. To make an eternal difference in their lives. Get kids into the Word. Get them in their Bibles. If they don't have a Bible, I bet you have church members who will buy them for kids if you don't have a budget. Give kids the gospel over and over. And encourage mom and dad to give the gospel to kids. Engage lessons with games and fun. Make the word of God come alive for kids. And love on your kids and families. Plan your lessons and your ministry with these things in mind. And remember, Kidman leaders, what you do matters.